Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome to my deep dive series, where I, MS Arthedian, dive into alternative tabletop role-playing games much like Reborn in Power, and what sets them apart from the TTRPG behemoth, Dungeons and Dragons. This series is an exploration into systems and settings that make up epic stories to be told. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Welcome, everyone, to another entry of Arthadian Anthologies, the deep dive series that I am doing for tabletop RPGs. And today, I have on John, who is making the Metanthropes TTRPG. It is, and it, well, it's an online TTRPG, kind of like how mine is, but a lot more, a lot more, a lot more fleshed out. I would say on like the online aspects. And it's very easy to kind of get into, uh, but I'll let I'll let John explain that. Be- so before we get started, John, if you wouldn't mind diving into your own backstory a bit on what you got like when you got into TTRPGs, the development of it, and how Metanthropes first began. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me here, Matt. It's the uh, first time I get to speak about uh, Metanthropes, and I'm uh, really glad and excited to do so. Awesome. Uh, well, I will. Uh, let's start from the beginning. My story. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly twenty years ago, uh, I was invited uh, to play with my elder brother's friends, uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. It was my first TTRPG experience. It's uh, the second edition of D and D, um, and. Uh, but uh, during that time back then, I was reading, uh, you know, uh, Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy mm-hmm. long before the, the, the movies came out. You know? <laughs> and uh, so merging that with the fantasy element of Dungeons and Dragons, it was amazing. And I immediately fell in love with, uh, you know, with with, uh, with, that, with playing TTRPGs basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't play much, like five sessions or so, uh, and then I was uh, was actually uh, attending a video game convention. It was like a Quake Three Arena tournament or something, hmm. and I I, I discovered the starter handbook for uh, Vampire the Masquerade, and um, which had like uh, you know like the, the starter set for yeah. the TTRPG Vampire the Masquerade. And uh, I was like, hey, I, I, I know what an RPG is. Maybe it is. I can, t- I can take this to my friends and uh, we can check it out all together. And so I did. And uh, I was still at school and uh, we became the, the, the type of company that goes to the library and plays <laughs> TTRPGs. <laughs> and we were playing uh, Vampire the Masquerade like crazy. And uh, we continued to do so after we, we we went to universities and became students and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I was already convinced that playing uh, tabletop problem games is uh, the most entertaining thing one can, a person can do, at least for me. Yeah, uh, because, I, I, I agree. I agree uh, with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Lots of us do. Uh, because, you know, 
it is uh, it's it's beyond interactive. Like uh, video games are also interactive, but there are so many like doors you cannot click and go through. Mm-hmm. There are so many dialogue options that you cannot choose, and so on. And with those type of games, you can do pretty much anything. Yeah, the only limit is your imagination, as you know. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I started discovering uh, uh, other RPGs, playing with other groups, uh, visiting the game shops uh, of. Uh, well, I'm, I'm in Greece, yeah, and, uh, so uh, I live in Athens. Mm. And um, that is one place I really want to go in like... my life. <laughs> so now I know someone from Athens. Oh, well, <laughs> I, ah, there, yeah, of course, that's good. I would love to show you around. <laughs> but I would uh, recommend uh, visiting the islands if you ever visit the uh, Greece. Mm. Ah, well, Athens has also, you know, the the ancient monuments. If you're into that uh, as well. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, fast forward like uh, 10 years since back then, um, uh, I'm like in my mid-20s now, and I decide that I want to be a game designer. But uh, back then, for some reason, I didn't think there was any chance for someone to be uh, not just successful, to, to survive by creating TTRPGs mm-hmm. for a living, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it is arguable if I was mistaken or not. I, I don't really, we can't really tell for sure 10 years or more so uh, how, how the landscape was. But um, uh, so I decided, uh, I started my journey through video games and then uh, with uh, tabletop uh, board games. With, I saw their eyes uh, through crowdfunding, and I said, hey, maybe uh, I can tell my stories through that. Uh, but all, all the meantime, I was developing my own uh, TTRPGs. The first version of Metanthropes uh, was a, a post-apocalyptic game that didn't involve metapowers at all, but it, it had the same system. Mm-hmm. I was creating something totally different, uh, but was I was doing it like for fun. It wasn't... Uh, you know, it was my passion project, not my, oh, this might make me money project. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, but it has a lot of similarities with the Metanthropes of today, that, that game back then. Um, and... Uh, uh, do you, do you, do you remember what that like, game was called? Yeah, it had like, a, <laughs> of course I do, it, was, it had the silly name, yes, yeah. because I... I wasn't uh, I, I was playing only with my friends and yeah. we wanted to experience that uh, post-apocalyptic horror stuff. And I, 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 the, the game had the initials JVA, which was an acronym for John Vladman's The Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, you know, like, Vladman is like part of my surname. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, my full surname is Vladimiros, but anyway. And um, so yeah, while developing uh, other games and... Uh, at some point, and, and then I was developed a lot of board games. Uh, I decided that the, the the thing that I really want to do with my life and spend time uh, doing and enjoy playtesting nonstop without me ever getting bored or losing my excitement and enthusiasm was a TTRPG. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, the first video game that I wanted to create uh, had the the concept of the one hundred. Uh, Superpowers slash metapowers. 
Mm. And uh, the game that you can do anything and uses the same uh, kind of D100 system that Metathrop does. But it is uh, almost four years ago to the date, 1st of April of uh, 2019, where I decided that uh, I want to go all in and spend uh, all, all my resources, time and money and uh, energy into creating a TTRPG. And thus, Metanthropes was born. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, can you explain what Metanthropes is for the audience? I, I, I already I already know because I, I got to play it. And, <laughs> and no, that was like a blast to do. Uh, but yes, Metanthropes. What, what is it? And what are, what are they? Yeah. Uh, gladly. Uh, I would say that Metanthropes are ordinary individuals, everyday individuals of real life, you can say gifted with an extraordinary gift, finding their place in a multiverse of entwining timelines and mind-bending dimensions. Mm. Metanthropes are beings of limitless potential in a setting of endless possibilities. Metanthropes, uh, or the word metanthropes, uh, originates from a Greek word, uh, metanthropos, which uh, translates to beyond human. That's what exactly metanthrope means, beyond Mm. human. Uh, so this game, uh, players embody the role of uh, an individual who is an ordinary individual, even if you don't choose to play in a modern era of today and you choose to play in the future or or more so in the past. Mm. Uh, it is important that uh, you began uh, with your background, at least, as a human, and every metanthrope character has that duality of being both meta and an anthrope, uh, aka a human. Mm. So there is uh, every metanthrope has something that is beyond human that defines them, their meta powers, for example, and also something that kind of drags them or, or drives them, should I say, being human with human errors and passions and way of thinking and cultures and uh, everything what means to be a human. Mm. So, so metanthropes no, uh, yeah. uh, so no, no, is, is specifically set inside like earth, whether it be modern day or like uh, back in the past or in the future. Not necessarily. I think, um, the game offers both content and ideas and opportunities to play however you want to. Okay. And, um, you, you can play it in a, in a, in a more science, science fiction setting and begin in a spaceship or in another planet. Mm. Um, as long as you're playing humans, like if you play full aliens, I think it's an, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it, because it is about also playing human beings in a way, yeah. gifted human beings. But uh, it really depends on the group playing, the narrator, the GM, and the story that they want to experience uh, of the game. So you can play it in the Middle Ages and be have a more like, fantasy or even before the Middle Ages in a mythological era, we have played uh, in Mesopotamia 10,000 BC almost, uh, like 8,000 BC, uh, one of our sagas. Oh, wow. Or you can play in the future or, uh, or in a cyberpunk. is all, uh, also a very fitting setting for mm-hmm. uh, metanthrope stories. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, that sums it up. So when, when myself and, and others played metanthropes, uh, shout out to to the to the others that that play metanthropes. Uh, we, yeah, uh, we we got to choose pre-made characters that you already had set up 
Uh, would you be able to go through the character creation, like the metanthrope creation process with me in the audience? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, gladly. Um, creating your own protagonist, your own metanthrope character, uh, is, made to, is meant to be an easy process. Okay. Uh, Although pre-mates, pre-made characters are used for introductory sessions so that new players focus on the experience of learning the game and, 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 and joining and being introduced that way. Even so, I, I believe that taking creating a new character, as long as you have an idea in mind, will, won't take more than 10 minutes. Oh, wow. And in that's, fact, that's maybe less. Yeah, most RPGs take more time, but yeah. I think even less if you go a full randomization route and you just roll uh, some D100 and D10s. But the process should go as such. Um, the first step is that you uh, make a, a 3D10 roll. You roll three 10-sided die. And uh, that's your starting destiny. Um, and... Destiny, as you might remember, is uh, basically the rerolls of the game. It's oh, yes. a resource that uh, you use it for rerolling stuff and also activating powerful meta powers. And it can even save you from your character's deaths, save your character from dying. Mm. Um, and the first thing you, 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 you do when you create a, a character is to know how many rerolls you will have, which you can use during the character creation process. Mm. Uh, of course, a, a narrator can say all characters start with a fixed number, okay, like 10. But uh, let's say 3D10 is a nice number to have a little variety. Uh, afterwards, it's the summary of who you are going to play. Those, uh, you know, those blanks can be filled uh, after you've made your roles and you have uh, an idea. But let's say that you and choose your character, your protagonist's name, gender, age, date of birth, place of birth, background, who was as a human, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the role-play implications of your character, which are the metamorphosis, the arc, and regression. Um, especially the arc and regression are important in this game because they, are the, they award you uh, down the line with more re- destiny. And uh, metamorphosis, is to, to go quickly through them, metamorphosis is the act which turns you from a human to a metanthrope. It's a, how, how did this happen? Was it uh, because you discovered something? It was it because you, you came in contact with something? Was it because you, whatever the case may be, is it within your blood? Is it a selective evolution? Is it, uh, were you cursed? You know, <laughs> there yeah. are many options to choose from. I really and, like that concept, uh, honestly. <laughs> like this, like the step step three is kind of like you, you're building around like what what brought your your protagonist into this whole thing in the first place. Like the metamorphosis, the the arc is kind of how you like the arc and regression are how your character your meta, your metanthrope uh, actually like acts in in game. It's like your your role playing uh, persona if you will like as as yeah. you as you're going through and then you get rewarded for for, for sticking with that uh that w- uh, from your narrator who will give you destiny if like, if you do well i, I remember I, I i did some some fun stuff with my character <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you're absolutely correct um i think your metamorphosis was a cosmic connection right yes. or a, yeah i think what yours was a cosmic connection yeah 
uh, yeah, and with the arc integration are those two things that define you. And again, the duality of being a metanthrope comes into play. Arc is, you know, your archetype, your, your daily agendas, your goals, your, how you behave, uh, and how the way you, you use your gifts, your meta powers. Mm-hmm. And regression, it's the which part of your personality regresses back into being a human, even though you are something beyond human. It could be because you still abide by human laws. Or is it uh, the loved ones that you need to take uh, with you with your life or uh, mm. that you need to um, regress to having an alter ego when behaving metanthrope-like, you know? Uh, and with having selected those things, you will, you, will, you will know what who you were as a human and who you are now as a metanthrope. And now we can start with the, with the fun part. Yes. <laughs> the more fun part, <laughs> which is choosing... Uh, amongst a list of 100 meta powers to be your prime meta power. Uh, well, the primates had you had only like 10 options to choose from, but the full game, uh, once you have access to all the content, is uh, 100 meta powers, which are categorized into 10 classifications, with, with each having 10 meta powers. And uh, basically, it should have, uh, it should include anything. Anyone can imagine a, a special, extraordinary gift can be from reading mm. minds to teleporting to passing through walls to opening gates to other dimensions to being super strong or super fast. You know, it's a, all, everything you, you, you can imagine should be included in one of those one handed. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, it should be one of the combos, but that's, uh, you know, supplement content. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, those, you know, choosing all those, uh, if you have an idea in mind, choosing all those things should take only like a few minutes. And now we start with the actual dice rolling that you didn't get to experience with every main character. And it goes as such. Um, there are three characteristics each protagonist has. Each character actually in this game has, NPC or, or PC, uh, which are the body, mind, and soul. Uh, bet- between the three of them, you choose a primary, a secondary, and a third option. The primary secondary will have a basis of 30%. The secondary, 20%. And the third option will have 10% mm. as, a, as a base. And uh, underneath, if I can say it, each of the characteristics are three stats. For example, body, underneath it has power, endurance, and reflexes. Whereas soul has awareness, consciousness, and willpower. I should mention mind as well. I shouldn't leave it. <laughs> mind has perception, creativity, and manipulation. And uh, for each of them, uh, let's say that you have selected body to be your primary. Each of them will have a base of 30%. And now, between the three of them, let's say that you won't have power, the first option amongst the three stats. For your first option among the stats, you roll 3d10 dice, and you sum up the result, and that's your total power roll. For example, if you rolled three fives, that's a 15, and you had uh, also a base of 30% body, now your power is 45%. Okay, so you add it up up together in, in total. Yes. And you do this for, your for, second option, for each one. 
Yeah, and for your second option, you will roll 2d10s instead of 3. Mm-hmm. And for your third option, you will roll 1d10 instead of any, any other number. Okay. And uh, you follow the same uh, procedure for your, let's say you chose soul to be your secondary. Mm-hmm. The, the base is 20%. And you choose willpower to be your first. You will roll 3d10 and uh, add them to the 20 base. Then for 20, uh, 2d10 for the second option, 1d10 for the third. And you do the exact same procedure for your mon- mind, which will have a, only differences that will have a base of 10%. Hmm. Interesting. I like that. And uh, sh- I should say that also the if you roll a ten, then uh, it's the plus ten effect as we call it, oh, or, yes, the, yes. Or, or, or the exploding ten, as it uh, more uh, more known. That, that you can uh, add, you add ten, and then you roll the dice, and you can do so infinite times. So Dang. a character yeah. can potentially start with. Very high stats, uh, way beyond 50%, uh, 50% chance. Uh, afterwards, each character, uh, this is the, the penultimate step. You gain uh, a thousand experience to spend. And um, in this game, you don't actually have levels. It's not like level one or level two, mm-hmm. but you gain experience and you choose to spend it wherever you want, whether that be developing meta powers, increasing your stats. Or unlocking new perks, which are like skills and uh, knowledge. And uh, there are some fixed tables for how much each option costs. Hmm. Uh, you can do so, or you can store 1000 XP if you want. You don't have to actually spend it. And then it's your finishing touches, which you will choose your personality traits. Uh, you can imagine the appearance and looks. And uh, discuss uh, with your narrator where your character begins their story, what uh, the equipment they might have when it begins, all to be fitting with the setting, and you should be ready to go. Hmm. So, how how much experience does like average does each session give you? If if it does like killing Hmm. killing people or like you know fighting monsters or whatever whatever crazy mm. cosmic anom- anomalies come about, do those reward you certain amounts of experience points or is it like based off of the narrator's like discretion? Uh, that's an uh, excellent question. It is uh, detailed in the final chapter of the game narration, which is reserved for the narrators of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, uh, you don't get XP from killing stuff, mm. uh, like Dungeons & Dragons, for example, but you get uh, from how much it was a, a challenging encounter or not. And, how, and, the and encounter whether doesn't you push really through it. Yeah, uh, for example, and it doesn't really have to be combat. Uh, it can be a chasing. It can be a fierce debate. It can mm. be anything at all, really, as long as it is challenging. Mm. Um, uh, but generally, there are... Uh, the, let me double check what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, there are six ways you can gain experience. Okay. You can gain experience through, through role-playing, which is role-playing who your character is, their general concepts, their arc regression, metamorphosis, ideologies, and everything. The second is acting, which is a little bit different than role-playing, which is embodying your protagonist, changing your voice, your tone, your mannerisms, your accent, your quicks. 
you don't have to be a professional actor to do all those things even but you, the more distinct your what you're doing in and out of game is the more uh, experience you're rewarded mm. afterwards uh, you're rewarded by the goals that you set uh, your character does and uh, striving to succeed and achieve them uh, you're rewarded by adversity. Here comes the, the, the challenges that were, uh, uh, I said before mm-hmm. and overcoming them. Uh, facing adversity in the form of uh, your own character's phobias or actually facing antagonists in a life-threatening do-or-die situation. Uh, afterwards, it is discovery. Discovering new landscapes, new dimensions, new ideologies, meeting new people, you know, all, all this uh, it's under the discovery category. And last but not least is influence, which is how much you change the lives of those around you mm-hmm. by changing the world, their beliefs, their mindsets, uh, and generally changing the world. So uh, the, the exact number of how much you're going to be rewarded, it's depending on the narrator and on the table, you know, the group that yeah. you play. Yeah. Uh, but the narrator should follow those like those six pillars and the players should have in mind that these are the things that are interesting mm-hmm. so for example let's say um in Dungeons and dragons let's say that the the group discovers a dragon where a dragon that is sleeping let's say it might sound silly and they cook the gra the dragon while sleeping and they immediately kill it without having an encounter they all have like critical damage while the dragon is sleeping and uh, they, um, they, they ambush the dragon and, and dies in one round, mm-hmm. they will gain the, the, the XP of killing a dragon. In the same uh, uh, in the same example with metanthropes, let's say instead of a dragon, it's a spirit, a powerful spirit or whatnot. If if it if it didn't, you know, they didn't thrive and it was a, there wasn't an adversity and life threatening situations involved. They won't gain much XP, even if they destroy something much more powerful than them. Um, so it is um, it is based on, on the challenge and not on the result, mm-hmm. you know, the experience given. Just making sure that you survive as long as, long as you don't die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could uh, barely surviving and uh, coming out with full bruises and uh, mental and physical traumas. Yeah. It's a, it's a good way to be awarded a lot of experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so in order to survive there, there are these things called meta powers. Uh, mm-hmm. How do they work? And like, what, like what exactly are they? Like, let, let's go through a few, a few of them. Cause, cause they're actually really cool. There, there's some like really cool ones. Now there's like the, the, the you know the general ones where like you could you could teleport you could fly or you could do like you, you know you shoot shoot lightning from from your fingertips those kinds of things but then there's like super like deep and cosmic and like like crazy like cool ones that are just you know they're just interesting so like let, let's go into them yeah i think that it is the most defining characteristic of the game the mm. meta powers that's what the, the game is all about because if you didn't have the meta powers you would just be playing anthropes humans you know? <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think it would be I just that play much sims it's so a sims it is, ttrpg yeah, real life yeah real life RPG, you know <laughs> you can have great storytelling still but uh, it's missing the the key ingredient it's like the 
the key ingredient of the recipe is the, is the meta powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're like categorized in uh, 10 uh, classifications. And these, cl- um, these classifications are basically like your classes, like in, in, yeah, in yeah, game. you can say it does, the game doesn't have actual classes, barbarian, yeah. wizard, or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it does have classifications of the meta powers themselves. But, um, the main difference with a metanthrope and let's say, and, uh, you know, a character, an, X, an X-Men from uh, Marvel's, you know, X-Men, which they usually have like one or two powers. For example, okay, Cyclops has only the, the, the beam, the, 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 the energy beam from his eyes. And uh, that, that's what he does. He's that person, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magneto can, has control over magnetism and, you know, all the electromagnetic effects, stuff like that. But that's what he does. Metanthropes can, can have many different metapowers. And, uh, they can be completely different between them. Although it might cost a little more experience doing weird combinations, that's you know a different discussion. But basically, you can be super strong and teleport, and also read minds if you want to. It's depending on which character build you want uh, your character to follow. Mm. Um, but the classifications are there to, well, you know, direct to give you an idea what to expect in each uh, category of meta powers and. Um, to create matching combinations for a character builds. Uh, for example, um, which example to use? Let's say there is a, a classification called Aegis. It's like uh, all the defensive capabilities from invulnerability to invisibility to uh, uh, regeneration and all those defensive capabilities. Um, though uh, these uh, work well with another classification. Uh, which is called the the hammers of the game, which are the ones that are the most formidable in one-on-one situation. Hmm. It's like meta strength, uh, elasticity, size shift, and animal powers and stuff like that. Those two match well together, so they cost less experience. But if that person with, uh, let's say, invulnerability chose to teleport, for example, it would cost more XP uh, than developing... uh, than, uh, you know, developing one of the other examples that I used. Mm. Um, so, so like, if it, if it, that play. So for like, for yeah, if, 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 if it like, if it doesn't mesh well with the one that you already have, then it's going to cost more experience because, because it, you're not like, you're not used to that kind of thing. It's kind of like when, like in Avatar, the last airbender, when, when Aang, uh, goes to start learning, uh, earth bending because because it's not it doesn't work well with with air bending it's it's harder for him to mm. to master it kind of kind of situation exactly yeah mm. yeah very similar and um, there are two factors that uh, play in this uh, when choosing which will be your next meta power uh, it is a classification and the energy type mm. there are four energy types in the metathropes we have uh, cosmic which have all the uh, radiation effects, all the gravity, but also all the non-mundane, non-physical world, that other dimensional, extra-dimensional meta powers exist there. Uh, We have elemental, which includes all the element bending, like like the airbender, like pyrokinesis, electrokinesis, but also the circle of life and death, so... 
life respiration is elemental, for example, mm. and nature, like uh, animating plants and stuff like that. Then we have the the material. This is the most mundane. Uh, it has like um, meta strength, meta speed, but um, also uh, invulnerability and all those stuff are like the most. Uh, but also uh, control matter, for example, it's material based. Mm. And uh, last is uh, psychic, which involves so everything that interconnects with another being's mind. So with from mind control to telepathy. Six sense and so on and on. Uh, so combining the right classification and energy types gives you uh, different options, which cost different XP experience. But you can do anything you want. There is no like optimal way. I, I, I suppose the optimal way is the one that costs the least XP. Yeah, yeah. But it, maybe you want to be the the metathrope who teleports, and once they are, which is a a, a cosmonaut and cosmic uh, meta power teleportees, but also you want to play meta strength, which is a material hammer, because you want to punch someone when it <laughs> teleport next to them. It will uh, cost you a little bit like 10 20 percent more XP than the following a more optimal build. Okay. Uh, but you can do do it. It's not uh, prohibited. It's actually very accessible. It just costs a little bit more. And you can play exactly what you want to play in this game. Yeah, I'm like looking at so all of I them can right go now. Through, <laughs> yeah, I can go through the classifications uh, if uh, you're interested. Yeah, uh, let's, let's go through it all. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a few words for each. Um, um, I described a bit with the, the Aegis. Let's go with alphabetical order. Uh, Aegis is like the defensive capabilities of the game, uh, followed by the animators. Animators bring life to the inanimate. Uh, they have like animate objects, animate plants, reanimation, aka raising zombies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, crafting things like uh, crafting uh, diseases or duplicating yourself or, or um, stuff like that. Uh, so, given time, th- these metanthropes can amass armies and or create m- m- vast machines, you know. They are like. Something like, I don't know, scientists or generals together. Um, then we go to, I have to say my personal favorite. I know you shouldn't have favorites <laughs> when creating a game. Uh, but yeah. If you have a favorite, <laughs> then you know who like, what everyone's going to play. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, yeah. <laughs> but it is the arbiters. The arbiters are those who bend the laws of the game. Uh, it is my favorite category because it, has also my favorite meta power in this, which also I shouldn't have one, but it will make sense. It will make sense because my favorite meta power is mirror meta power. It's oh. a meta power which mirrors all other meta powers. You know? Oh, so bas- That's why it's basically ditto. It's, it's all of them. It's ditto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but also, they, beyond mirroring meta power, you can augment the effects of other meta powers, transfer them, weaken them, but also you can find other bending, like reality bending. Meta powers like warping reality or time bending. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very popular and favorite one. Yes. All right, moving on from my favorite. I shouldn't <laughs> spend more time to <laughs> play favorites. Uh, clairvoyant is a very interesting and uh, role play heavy uh, classification, which involves gathering information, gaining extra sensory perceptions and heightened senses. 
metapause like six sense uh, and more mundane like metavision and also more psychic like recognition and recognition like knowing the future and the past and mm. um, very interesting options here then we go to the those who are the who like crowd controlling this is the one for you it's the, the controllers they control density gravity magnetism and uh, other mainly cosmic, but also some uh, elemental, elemental like weather mm-hmm. or uh, material like matter effects. And they basically can, you know, um, create barriers, uh, alter the surroundings and uh, change the landscape all around them. They don't, really, um, it's not about dealing damage with them as it is with some others, but it's about creating the perfect conditions around the, about the environment and those found within. Uh, following, it's the cosmonauts. Cosmonauts are all about uh, traveling great distances and uh, discovering new worlds and other dimensions. It's from teleport and flight to some more specific ones like uh, astral projection or nether and nether projection, which are two other dimensions of metanthropes. Mm. Uh, dark energy projection, which you might remember... <laughs> Yes. Play with, with this one. Uh, I, I, uh, how was it for you? How that, was it? that one was an projection. that one was an interesting one because I was able to actually like reverse. I, I forget it was it was was it it was Kyle's character who like shot out the lightning and did uh, did I reverse his lightning or did I reverse someone else's? I, I don't I don't I don't remember uh, exactly what happened, but. I remember there was. You were absorbing, I, I think, uh, the momentum from someone yes. was about to fall or something. That yes, one, you, you say someone from because. Uh, oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that that's true. That one was was really fun, and also I got to be able to like speed my character up to a, an insane level because of like the yeah. dark the dark energy. You you slingshotted through dark energy mm-hmm. acceleration. Yeah, cosmonauts are all about movement, whether that be instant movement like teleporting or gaining extra movement and uh, and and uh, exploiting it, you know. To be honest, uh, like it's all about well, the cosmonauts. To be honest, one of my favorite powers, like if if whenever someone asks me like, "Oh, what kind of superpower would you would you have?" The one that I usually say is like teleport because I mean, th- I think it'd be it'd be fun to be able to just teleport places, you know, just just look, yeah. look somewhere and be like, okay, I'm going to go right here. And then you, you mm. appear there. In uh, this game, w- there are two very similar meta powers. It's uh, which work like mechanic wise, almost the same. It's me- teleport and portal projection. Mm. Which one would you prefer teleporting yourself or opening portals where, you know, with teleport, you can also at higher levels, take others with you. So essentially they work pretty similarly and teleport would always be faster and, better at doing yeah it. T- I, but you know I, with portals you can like shoot through a portal or stuff like that you, could, you know with a portal you could so in with teleport could you if huh, I'm, I'm thinking about it like so so with teleport it's just you that that would teleport nothing nothing else or it, it can can uh, you no at, at higher levels you can teleport others and even vehicles with yourself so it's not limited uh just yourself but portal, um, portal proje- projection is like, what's the what's the actual difference between between the two? Uh, in the mechanics, okay. for example, uh, with teleport, you can um, uh, since portals has the let's say the 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 bonus the plus that they can 
create a rift between two locations. Okay. Yeah. It's always like slower to be activated. Last, uh, it takes, you know, higher ac- activation slots during your round when you play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it lasts for less and uh, you cannot do, do it like so easily and seamlessly reactively but- with teleport. You can well, but both at like level five, for example, you can do both of the miracles and take others with you. Okay. So it's basically, yeah, uh, it's very, they're very similar. So they're only the mechanics that differenti- differentiate them. I imagine that portal projection is more so along the lines of um, not like it, it, you can you could travel further distances than teleport because I feel like I whenever I imagine te- teleporting, it's it's not. It's not being able to teleport like to like the the other side of the world kind of thing. It's more it's more like you're you're teleporting to somewhere that you know or that that you've been before or that you that you can see with like in in front of you. Whereas portal projection, I feel like is is it it would take longer to to be able to to actually do it to to create a portal, but it would it would take you to places that you could, that you've never been before too. I, I, you, you just need to have like some, some ideas in your, in your head and then the portal will open up to like a, a an area that's, that you've never been. I don't know if that's. Yeah, like, true. It, well, the, the, the both use tables, mm-hmm. which uh, give like bonuses and penalties, depending if you know the location or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have limitations based on their level. For example, Teleport at level five can actually transport you anywhere within the material dimension. So you can actually go light years away with a simple use. Oh. That's a level five meta power. It's like the the, the the highest you can reach in this version of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game actually, when I created it, that, that's a fun fact. Uh, it, it goes up to level 10 meta powers. And uh, it will go, but it's a supplement I haven't created yet. Yeah. I, uh, which will be called Omni Powered. Uh, it's like going epic levels on Dungeons and Dragons, for example. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, you will be reaching, like, for example, teleport at level ten. Will be you will be omnipresent. Will be anywhere, oh. <laughs> everywhere, all at once. You know, <laughs> because you will be at every location at the same time because you will be omnipresent. Uh, but the game has a, a cap right now in this, uh, which is level five. But trust me, level five is not. An actual cap. You're very, very powerful. If yeah, it's your yeah. Prime meta power level five or other meta powers. For example, teleport. It's uh, you can take you anywhere you uh, within the material dimension. Uh, now, will you successfully go there? That's depending on the role. Yeah, and the penalties. <laughs> <laughs> it's another question. It's another yeah, matter. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely um, get to that. <laughs> Well, we, we saw we certainly saw saw some favoritism uh, with cosmonauts. So yes. <laughs> let's continue with the others. Yep. Uh, I already mentioned the hammers, which is like those who want to actually do damage on one-on-one situation with their with their strikes, you know. And uh, followed by the second damage dealer uh, of the group, it's a kineticist, the one that Kyle played, which is like electrokinesis, pyrokinesis, telekinesis. They all end up in kinesis. All the kinesis. All, basically, <laughs> all the kinesis. Uh, elemental and cosmic, uh, and also psychic telekinesis is the only one that's psychic. They do massive damage uh, to many enemies at once. They can wreak havoc or actually prevent calamities. For example, with pyrokinesis, you can uh, remove fires instead of creating them. 
And now the final two are the manipulators, which are those who influence the emotions and minds and feelings of others, from mind control to illusion manipulation to memory manipulation to uh, meta-empathy, anything that uh, all of them, I think that all of them are psychic, except for pheromones, which is actually elemental. It's an interesting choice. But yeah, although all those that actually, you know, bend the will of others or influence their role-play in any way mm-hmm. or their actions is a manipulator. And lastly, it's the utilitarians, which are the all-arounders, which offer uh, whatever the, the, the coalition, which is the group of metathropes, is missing, whether that be skills or uh, increases at all stats, it's uh, the, the, all, uh, the all-arounders, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the supplementary complementary supporting role of meta powers. Some examples may include like meta intelligence, which can work with everything, or like a lunar connection, which is a meta power that gives you boosts, boosts all of your stats depending on the phase of the moon. Mm. And also a random meta power, which gives you different meta powers each time you play it. <laughs> It's totally random. <laughs> oh yeah, random. random. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Dang. So but yeah, that's. Uh, there's so many uh, co- combinations that can be used with with this. Like, it, I can see just, I could see myself playing multiple different types of characters, or even just one character that has multiple different types of of meta powers. But then it's like it's hard to choose. <laughs> but that's yeah, why that's you, why I love you create. Yeah, you, you, it's, uh, I've seen so many different combinations. Like, uh, It's up to the character what they imagine they want their character to do. You know, usually they follow some, like, a general idea build. Mm-hmm. For example, if I would play the mind controller, I maybe also use a couple more psychic, uh, like uh, Sixth Sense, for example, or, uh, you know, anything. But it's there. there is no, like... Is there a limit on... You can really do whatever you, you want to do. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. Is there... And if you want to be the mind controller who teleports, you yeah. can, you know? Yeah. Is, is there a limit on how many meta powers you could have? No, I was actually thinking of uh, creating a limitation, but it wouldn't be a, a limitless, you know, being of limitless yeah. potential yeah, if there yeah. were actually limitations. So and, if you, if, uh, if you played for long also, enough and got enough XP, you could probably have every every meta power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, you can that. It's depending on you know what the the group is playing. Uh, with Dungeons and Dragons, for example, you can start in a campaign at level twenty one. It's uh, up to the, the dungeon master for that example to do, or you can start at level one with uh, all the limitations of a new character. Same with the uh, goes with here. You go the, the longer you play, or however you want to start, uh, will uh, that's the amount of experience you're going to have and the things that you'll be able to do. Um, but yeah, uh, and also another fun fact about metanthropes, uh, unlike like uh, let's say wizards that use spell slots or mana or uh, paradox in other games and stuff like that, and um, or like vampires that have a resource that's their, their blood. Uh, a metanthrope is not actually limited by anything. They can activate their meta powers all day, every day, uh, if they want to. Uh, but it's only like the system itself that they, they can 
maybe it will backfire mm-hmm. and you will, uh, for example, if you use pyrokinesis, there is a chance if you roll a very bad roll that you will burn yourself. But, but it doesn't limit you how many times you can actually use, you know, your flame powers. Mm-hmm. So you have like three slots per day or something like that. You can do them. You can burn everything all day, you know. So they're, they're actually without any limits when it comes to how many and uh, how many they have and for how long they can uh, use them and how many times you can use them. Metathropes are truly limitless in this uh, regard. So w- when it comes to the actual dice system, the D100, Let's let's go into that so that people can understand uh, how a yeah. how a role would would work how how an actual actually using meta power would would work. Yeah, of course. Um, Metathropes has the same basis with any other D one hundred system like Call of Cthulhu or Warhammer. Actually, mine was based on uh, a lot. Of, uh, I was influenced a lot with uh, Warhammer, mm. the, the series, uh, and fa- both fantasy and. Uh, Rogue Trader and 40k, which are uh, you know the the sci-fi mm-hmm. uh, D100 systems. Um, so uh, as I me- we mentioned earlier, there are percentages. We have like 45% power. We have uh, 65% perception, and so on. Uh, a D100 system works as follows: you roll a D100 die, which is like two 10-sided die. One is the double digits, and one it's a single digits and um, you are successful in your attempt when you reach the number of your percentage and below mm. for example if you have 45 percent power and you roll a 45 you're successful you barely made it but you're successful nonetheless 44 43 and so on below are even better rolls while if you roll a 46 that's a failure it was a very close attempt a very you know honorable attempt a very decent but mm-hmm. still a failure. And if you roll 50, 60, 70% and you go higher and higher, that's the worst that you get. There's also a critical success and a critical failure with the results of uh, of the one. A natural one in this game is the best roll that you can uh, roll. You always, it's much like Ace of Spades, you know, mm-hmm. something that you players need to learn <laughs> if they're used to with a D1, the D20 system. Yeah, yeah. The, rolling one in this game, it's something amazing that you can do. Yeah. And uh, if you roll a 100, that's a critical failure. That's the, the worst thing that you can do in this game. Uh, a narrator can also uh, implicate uh, penalties and bonuses on a roll, depending on the situation in game, uh, which are in the form of uh, percentages. For example, you're attempting to sprint and jump over um, a wall, but it's raining. And the the... the the ground is slippery. The narrator may say, uh, for this uh, attempt, you will have a minus 20% because it's very slippery and you might fall, mm. and so on. Or if you're very, you know, uh, used on doing something and it's routine for you, they can give you a bonus. Percent. They'll give you 30% bonus because you've done this, uh, you've attempted this a uh, thousand times before. So it should be a walk in the park for you. And... Uh, so not all results and not all successes and failures are the same. The more levels of success you have, it's better for you. What's the level of success? Uh, it's 10% you're below your number. It's one level of success. For example, with my 45% power, if I roll a 35, that's one level of success. If I roll 25, that's two levels of success. And the more you accumulate level of successes, the best result will have in game for you. 
And on the other side, if I rolled a 55, that's one level of failure. And a 65 with a 45% power, that's two levels of failure and mm. so on. And the more uh, accumulate of those, the more catastrophic results we'll have in game. And then, and then and also that's the, the basis of the system, yeah. And then also re- remembering that when you have your destiny points, you you want to be able, you want to use those when you do, when right. you, when uh, you do you fail. At this point, because it's uh, yeah, in this game, um, I feel that is the main difference in, with other games that use the same system. For example, Cthulhu or um, Warhammer. These, these two I've. I've of game a lot. Uh, there are many who actually use the, the D100 system. Mm-hmm. Um, the main difference with those games is that the Medanthropes, uh, as you know, beings like uh, lore-wise, but also in uh, as the mechanics work, are beings which, which are very powerful and have very high stats. So uh, it's not uncommon for characters, even starting characters, to have above 50%, which is a, a very good percent, 50-50, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can go up to having with your main, with your prime meta power, having it above 100%, which means you will be always successful. And it only comes down to how many levels of success you will actually accumulate and mm. how actually broken you will be, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so with uh, with high stats such as those and uh, be having lots of destiny to spend, and destiny, I remind the audience, is that they are very rolls basically uh, you can actually dare many uh daring do things in game like uh i want to you know do uh, only imagination can be your limit and you can actually challenge very very powerful foes or attempt uh, very risky things to do uh, as long as you have high stats and lots of rerolls even with the narrator imposing 50% penalties on you, maybe you can achieve anything you can set your mind to. Mm. Yeah, so, like, ju- just being able to re-roll, like, I, like, I remember when Kyle got, like, one of the max, like, amount of destiny points for 42. Yeah, it was, like, 40. <laughs> Yeah, like with three dice, you know. It was crazy. Yeah, that, that uh, was actually. I think it's a record still, or something. That's because because when you when you roll for for those and you roll the, the d10 the and and you roll a ten on the d10, it, it it allows you to roll again, and then he got another ten on top of that. So then, like, it just it just kept like compounding. It was a compound effect, and uh. With with that, with being able to use your your points to just continuously reroll to until until you get a a good number that you want, but also that that creates like strategy in in a sense where if you if you don't have as many, then you need to you need to choose which checks you want to fail and which checks you want to succeed. Uh, exactly. As, yeah. And, uh... Also, you, uh, the the pre-made cards that you play didn't have any high-level meta powers, which require uh, spending destiny or more than one, up to five, mm-hmm. just to activate them. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, if I wanted to, let's say, if Kyle had their their meta power at level five, electrokinesis, which actually you become electroform, you become lightning yourself, just to attempt the, the role, whether that be successful or not, you need to spend two. Oh, if you have like. 
five when a, a combat begins, for example. Interesting. And you know if you fail uh, the first activation of your form, you won't have three. And if you fail again, you know, you won't be able to enter your form. So, you know, and also one last factor, when your, your character dies, uh, the protagonist that counts only for the player characters, if they reach life less than uh, life, you know, their health, the hit points, but we call it life here. If you reach your life uh, less than zero, you can spend five destiny and actually reach it to one instead of less than zero, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, uh, destiny is like, it it's, is uh, the, like the one who is in control of your character. Yeah. It uh, decides, is it my time to die? My character's time to die. Is, my, is it meant for my character to succeed on that particular role? And that's how you decide where, where, where you will spend which and where, you know, where and which you will spend your destiny. So destiny is like your, your major resource that you want to have as much of as you, as you can so that you can be, be you're able yeah. to do like the, the bigger things and also at least save five for if you fall down in debt. <laughs> exactly. And, um, but you get, you get rewarded a lot of destiny. Okay. Uh, it's, the time you play, the, the narrator decides to create some scenes. Uh, you know, for example, when we played, there was it was like basically two scenes because mm-hmm. it was a short introductory. The first scene began when uh, all of you to enter that opera, mm-hmm. and the second scene began when uh, the action started. And uh, during a, a longer session, there can be three or up to you know, depending on the situation, let's say an average of three scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, automatically you gain one destiny for participating on your uh, on a scene okay um further than that you're you're rewarded with your arc and regression additional destinies which uh, you can gain let's say two uh, uh, extra destiny from role playing your arc and another one from role playing your regression so let's say on an average you can have like three to four uh, destiny per scene. Mm. So it's like almost 10 per session, almost rounding up or down, depending on the narrator, how the generous they're feeling and how Does... good you're playing. But, uh, you know, it's uh, you, you will have, it's not like, for example, Warhammer uses a, a, a very a, a similar uh, mechanic, which is called Fate. But you gain it, uh, you got special rerolls, you gain them, so so rare you have like complete a major quest to gain just one reroll or mm. something like that because it's a, a dark and unforgiving world the world of warhammer is but whereas yeah. in the this game you should feel powerful in this game it's part of the game mm-hmm. to be able to feel powerful and uh, so that's why you gain a lot of destiny and uh, although there is strategy when and where you're going to spend them it's not something that you gain Oh, I have only one. What should I do? You know. Yeah. yeah. And I end up with one, but as soon as the scene ends, more more probably you will gain. You will gain at least at least like three or four more for the next scene, as long as you you were actually playing the character that you chose to play. And, and it's easy to reward. And do destiny yeah. do destiny uh, carry over to each session? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, okay. you can uh, actually store them. So you don't uh, you don't have to. You don't have to to spend all your destiny in, in in one session because like or or 
when yeah when it go, when you play like sagas which are like campaign ongoing um, uh, stories mm-hmm. you can actually store them and have like end up on the final uh, session of act 1 with like 50 destiny stored Especially if you take a meta power like luck bending, which actually rewards you heck additional destiny per scene, and you become actually more lucky this way. And um, should I say that uh, with uh, with destiny, it's uh, one of, one of the interesting facts that actually uh, it, it's one of the meta actual meta uh, aspects of metathropes. It's uh, Destiny are player bound, not player character bound. Mm-hmm. And for example, if your character, your main character dies, uh, you get an option of spending actual destiny to save their lives, or you can choose to take all of the destiny that they have accumulated and create a new character with the amount that you have uh, stored with the previous character huh. to give you a, a good heads up and a good, uh, you know, advantage. When it comes rolling, high, uh, rerolling, that's, rerolling, up to have that's high stats for your next character, you know. That's, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's meta. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty meta. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay well, uh, what, what is the next step for, for Metanthropes? Uh, that's a, a very interesting question. Um, I have both short-term and long-term goals for metanthropes. Starting with the short-term goals, which are almost uh, realized, almost finalized, is uh, our media-centered goals, especially uh, with video creation and live streaming sessions. Uh, When it comes to videos, I've already filmed and edited uh, quite a many. Just, I just haven't made the public just yet. Yeah, that, that's and that's always good to do. I want to get, create... get them all situated before before even posting them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do, to be you know better prepared and organize them. But what are those videos about? They, they I think they are the uh, better way to introduce new players to metanthropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the uh, I, I will have a uh, you know a YouTube channel, but I'm not actually interested in becoming a YouTuber in that sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to have uh, playlists of uh, how to play tutorials where players can see like very short videos and learn how the D100 system works. How a video about creating a new metathrope, a video about uh, what can I do during my turn, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, videos about uh, the lore and the world building of the game. Videos about Highlights from uh, from sessions, actually uh, actual play, uh, and so uh, people can actually see a video and be- become introduced to metathropes through this medium instead of visiting the site and reading about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's face it, there are a lot of people who are who will be more uh, uh, you know uh, enticed, uh, not, not enticed. Uh, easily introduced uh, in a video that actually reading something. And the second uh, short-term goal is uh, live streaming. I want to uh, uh, enter, you know, Twitch. Again, not in the traditional sense to become a Twitch and a streamer, like the same way that I don't, not interested in becoming a YouTuber, mm-hmm. but I want to actually be able to, for, for viewers to go and see a live play 
uh, of an introductory session of a live play of an ongoing saga and a live play of uh, Meta Arena with just combat and they were just checking mechanics and meta powers. Whatever that may be, I want to have a live stream and uh, the overlay that you've uh, enjoyed and mm-hmm. experienced when we played. Yeah. Um, it's meant to both for, you know, uh, uh, sessions that are live and sessions that are pre-recorded, such as the one we played. But uh, I'm working on it and finding the, 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 the right overlay so that uh, if viewers can enjoy uh, playing uh, on, uh, you know, uh, watching all the icons and the information the character sits on the screen and using the effects and uh, uh, stock videos and whatever it takes you make to make it uh, more entertaining uh, yeah, that's something that also, I haven't uh, I haven't figured out from my own live stream. I I don't have any overlay, really. I just have my my video uh, camera, and then I have I have OBS kind of just showing the the map of the screen, and then my player yeah, my my players uh, don't don't really show I've their faces. Seen, I've seen I've seen a couple of uh, I've seen a couple of your your uh, your streams actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you need some players that actually show the, their faces. Yeah, this is my personal favorite, my personal preferences yeah. when I'm watching something live on uh, on Twitch. Uh, I, I don't even like the VTubers, you know, the digital avatars. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I really, I want to see, you know, their faces, their reactions Fate. when something exactly. happens in game on their plates. Exactly. Uh, this is actually my preference. Other people I know uh, enjoy uh, more uh, of. Podcasts actual plays, which uh, they are listening to their voices mm-hmm. and uh, they don't actually see anything. But for me, um, it's a combination of, uh, of of cameras, be able to to see someone, of an overlay that has some information about when when you just open and you just uh, enter the new stream. I want to have like some information. Ah, they're playing someone who is uh, arc protector. Yeah. Mm, okay, I get yeah. to a sense of it. And I see an icon that is shows a, a shield and uh, an armor on it. I, I guess that's a metaphor of that's the icon of vulnerability or something. Mm-hmm. You know, so the second is having some visual information about who they're playing, and the third is a very very important one. Besides all the the gimmicks like uh, stock videos or uh, you know slideshows with uh, pictures or stuff like that, I'm actually talking about more the practical stuff. Uh, the, th- the third one is a virtual tabletop. Uh, when mm. we played, we used um, a very simple, fast, honest and simple, I would describe it, uh, Olber Rodeo. Um, I was previously using Astral, te- Astral uh, uh, VTT, but it closed. Mm. Uh, basically, was bought up by competition, but that's a different yeah. story. <laughs> uh, which I have coded uh, a lot of my game and automated a lot, of, but now it's... Oh, you know, we cannot use it. But thankfully, this uh, from, from the time we played, uh, there has been a lot of progress with the help of my brother on this uh, case with the Foundry tabletop. Which Foundry, uh, it, it needs someone who can code, actually. Yeah. Uh, there is no other way around it. You need a, a programmer of sorts, a coder. Uh, but with the help of my brother, actually, we are very close to having a, a very, very decent demo of Metanthropes already on Foundry. Uh, already I've played and tested it with uh, the boys from the Baldic Star. Uh, shout out to the boys. Nice. <laughs> and um, we already have like a 3D uh, dice that roll on the... We didn't use the Discord dice roller bot, 
actually used the cool 3D dice that Foundry has. Nice. And uh, more dynamic lightnings and fog of war. Yeah. And stuff like that, which, uh, which are very cool to have on a VTT platform. So, yeah. Uh, I was talking all this time about the short-term goals, and these are the three. It's like videos, live, and the VTT. The long-term goals uh, resolve all around monetizing this project because yes, that's, I that's, am all in, all, in, all in on this, and yeah. I, I want to be my main profession. I've, I've stopped you know, my day job a couple of years ago, and this is how I visualize myself making a living, and uh, it is through uh, crowdfunding. I recently created the Pack Patreon page, which offers content and uh, the chance to play at sessions every month and behind the scenes uh, videos and stuff like that. And uh, eventually, uh, I want to create a, a Kickstarter campaign. I had uh, for many years in, in my mind this uh, Kickstarter, and it started from a traditional Kickstarter of... Uh, PDF plus a printed book, mm-hmm. but now have deviated a bit. Although at some point I do see Metathrobes being on the shelves of TTRPG players as a printed, hard covered, big, cool book. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Uh, but for now, uh, because you know, as a keep, traditional TTRPG player, <laughs> yeah, but now uh, I want, uh, before I, I venture into the, actually making it a book. Uh, I find it more interesting uh, having a more uh, digital related uh, campaign on Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. which offers you uh, digital rewards on uh, Foundry uh, VTT and unlocking more uh, content on the website and uh, giving you access to uh, consistent sessions we're having like every week to be able to buy in like tickets to play every week with other players and and, then or be involved in what I call multiversal sagas, which are like stories, ongoing stories of multiple different groups of players who play on a consistent greater multiverse. And uh, for example, the stories and actions of one group can influence the stories and actions that, of the others. That's exactly like what, so, what I'm, what I wish my, like, you know, like I feel like that's, that's the goal of, of a lot of t- tabletop RPG developers is, is to have yeah, multiple that's groups, a dream. <laughs> yeah, multiple groups playing all at the same time. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe the, the GMs are like, like working together to, to like yeah. say like, Oh, Hey, this is happening inside, inside my stuff. Okay. This is happening inside my stuff. Uh, let's see if we can like intertwine, uh, intertwine them together. Kind of, kind of exactly. Situation. I think that uh, all not, not all that many TTRPG designers want eventually their game to be played as such because it is the most incredible, imaginable way one can experience a TTRPG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like your being, like, your actions to the, matter. To fast. Your your actions yeah. matter inside the overall universe. For example, let's say that in a multiversal saga of Metathropes, a group actually destroys New York City. They they have a nuclear explosion or what, and they the others who play at uh, somewhere in Beijing, China, for example, they learn that oh my god, something happened and New York is gone, mm-hmm. and they will influence you know the, all the NPCs around them, and they will learn that it was another group of metal troops that did it, and uh, not just limit ourselves with just you know Earth and uh, and this timeline. Maybe you can play 
on one timeline is on the far future, one group playing, and the others on the past. But through metapowers, they're interconnected, and they're, they're you know, um, you can do anything you want with, uh, with the multiversal saga. Mm-hmm. And I've only played like super test versions of it with like two groups, <laughs> which are like my close beta yeah. uh, group of players. But I imagine it at some point being played by, let's say, a hundred people, a hundred uh, players, which are uh, with uh, ten uh, GMs or more or, or so, and um, all in the same story. And this is like the end goal of the long, uh, true long-term goal of Metanthropes. But in order for that to happen. Uh, it, the game needs to survive and the crowdfunding needs to be uh, profitable and successful uh, yeah. up to the, that point. So yeah, short term is media goals, long term is monetization goals, and really long term, the true vision of Metanthropes is like a, a massive multiversal sagas with many narrators, uh, many dozens of players, and uh, creator world building and uh, you know, omni, o- omni, omniverse threat levels of antagonists. You know that uh, threaten each and every realities and metathrows reaching levels above level five and be able to bend space and time and do amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the vision at the, the end goal, the end oh. game. <laughs> Awesome. Yes, I think I think that's a good place for us to for us to end there. So if you can just shout out whatever whatever places that you want that you want people to go to your your Patreon yeah. uh, your website. It's been uh, I really I really enjoyed this. It's the first time, as I told you, that I'm, do, I'm doing talking about uh, metathropes in the podcast. And I really enjoyed it. it was uh, also great questions from you, Matt. Kudos <laughs> to you. Uh, all right. Um, you can find your journey can begin at www.metanthropes.com, uh, which is the, the website. Um, following uh, uh, besides the website itself, the useful links that you can find are are usually with my game design team uh, team's name, which is uh, Metanthropes, uh, which is sorry, uh, Legitamine, and. Uh, you can find us on uh, patreon.com slash legitamine. Uh, it's like dopamine, but legit. <laughs> How is it written? Uh, Twitter.com with uh, slash legitamine games. Facebook, legitamine games. YouTube, legitamine games. Instagram slash legitamine. And Twitch uh, TV uh, slash legitamine. And all the links so... will be found in this, the description of this episode, too. Yeah, I can give you. I can send you right now the the, the, the all the you know all the links together with mm-hmm. the hyperlinks. Yes, you can use them. Uh... That'd be very helpful. <laughs> we also have a Discord server. Uh, you can join. Uh, yeah, you need to be actually invited. <laughs> I cannot. Uh, there's no actual link that I can say out loud right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, legitimate is the name that you want to to find. Um, to find us and Metanthropes it's the website perfect perfect well thank you John for, for coming on to discuss Metanthropes with me I, I really enjoyed playing it and I'm hoping that other people will enjoy playing it as well and and I, I wish I wish you the best 
and hopefully in the future I can thank, play, I can play some so more. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, I would love uh, for you to play some more, get involved with the ongoing saga. Yeah. And uh, I would also like to continue playing uh, Reborn in Power, your yes. uh, role-play game. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep in touch and uh, play TTRPG, RPGs together more. Yes, perfect. <laughs> That's for certain. Yeah, perfect. And thank you all for <laughs> listening to our conversation. And if death comes to you, may you be Reborn in Power. Thank you for listening to this dive into Metathropes. Be sure to check out Metathropes.com to receive your metamorphosis. If you like what you're hearing and want to support, you can subscribe at ArthedianAnthologies.com slash subscribe. A link will also be found in the show notes below. As always, be safe, stay safe, and if death comes to you, may you be reborn in power.